0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. At 1.30 p.m., God, I walked out to on a Friday afternoon. I walked out to the mailbox. After doing some studying in my office and I opened the mailbox and I received a letter from the church that owned the building that had received it just a year and a half earlier with the understanding that, that, that the building would always remain in the ministry and never to be sold. However, when I received the letter, they said, you, can, you have a choice to, to, to buy or move. And so they put the, and I said last night, they put the building up for 2.5 million dollars. And, of course, I made a mistake last night. I didn't didn't finish the sentence. And um, that's why I always have my wife with me. She she makes sure I say the right things sometimes when I say I'm wrong. Uh, But the negotiation would drop down to 1.35. Regardless, when I began to pray about what God would have the numbers be, and see, I was supposed to make an offer, but my numbers were (laughs) 100,000. Because the building was given to them and maybe 200,000, but I don't know how the world would go higher than that. Even then, that was just, that's going to be a miracle in itself. You know, I want to say this the church planning conference, and my first church, I've never heard of church planning conference. I've been in ministry for a long time, but something that was started in Heartland and spreading around the country is an absolutely incredible thing for somebody like me. It, it gives people like us hope. Now forgive me, but it's a visual aid that we need. Yes. And we when we when we watch what God's people do and those those church planning conferences are, you know, one day, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be a wonderful thing last night I believe we gave close to forty thousand dollars total? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing one day if you laugh at that and realize that this church is and, and many uh, and many let's say this continues for twenty years and and one day you look back and, and smile at the fact that you started at 40,000 40, and now you're at 4 million. Just suppose. Wouldn't that be an incredible thing? And uh, so, but you know, everybody needs to start somewhere. And, and, and you know, uh, my wife and I were rejoicing that, you know, you all had, and the church planners that came last last night um, helped us fulfill uh, some of the needs that we have. And, and uh, but, Back to what we was talking about, the, when they said 1.5 million, 1.35 million dollars, it, it began. It began with a on July 10th, on July 11th, on Saturday morning. I walked into my office and I opened my Bible. Um, I opened my Bible and at my desk on a Saturday morning, opened it, it. It flipped open to Isaiah 55:8 and 9. It's not my ways. Not, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And as I began to, as I finished my devotions, I walked outside and I began to pray. Of course, I was just, I'll be frank with you, I was despondent. I was almost without, I was in despair, and I had no idea where and what direction we were going to take. I was not about to, I was in no condition to tell our church that weekend of what news had just come about. And so as I began to walk the red, walk our five acres property, as I began to walk, I remember very vividly that God said to me, this is going to be your Red Sea. And I have no clue what that meant. I mean, I, I, I don't, those thoughts crossed my heart, and God put it on there. And, and, and for the next four and a half months, four and a half months, I walked that property three times around as one mile. As we began to pray and weep and beg God, I'd be, in the middle of the day, I'd be out there in the middle of the field weeping and praying and all in despair. And then about four and a half months later, uh, we, I received, an, about four months later, I received the news that they've decided to go ahead and get a, hire a realtor, and um, and I, I i had already been praying on a Saturday, a particular Saturday morning, and I prayed Saturday afternoon, now I was heading back for the Saturday evening prayer, I'm walking around the property, and I had, just come around three quarter of one time around, and I received a text from the landlord, and the landlord said we have decided to go ahead and get a realtor, and then I realized that we're without hope. At least I thought, and so for a depth church to be able to be able to buy the building, and when they get a realtor involved, it's going to be so much more complicated, and so we went about, and, for that, and then. It was a, that Saturday night. I went home, and my my wife had bronchitis. And by the way, she wanted me to say hi to you all. She missed. She's in Texas this morning, or tonight. She's speaking to a group of deaf ladies there in a camp, and she's not a camp lady. Uh, that's something I didn't talk to Brother Craig about. But he, <laughs> Brother Craig, offered a cabin to my wife and I. Uh, but no, we're gonna figure that out. He said there's some shopping for her if she needs to up there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, about. Uh, but, uh, uh, by the way, I went there, I went to their shop yesterday and intended just to show up, just to be encouragement. And then, boy, I walked away encouraged because they wouldn't let me leave for three hours. <laughs> you know, you look at Brother Craig, he looks so dignified. And so, and, you know, when I first met him, I couldn't, I couldn't read, I couldn't read his lips. And uh, because he had like, was covered with, the, with his beard and he went home and shaved it just for me. And so that was, that was a blessing to me. And, uh, so, uh, you know, you look at him now, he, he, he looks very, I mean, he's not even smiling right now. I wonder if he's got a personality, (laughs) so, but he's a blessing to me and I appreciate it, boys. And, uh, but you know, I want to say this, as I walked that property, I began to pray and four and a half months, four and a half months into the process, I'd already been praying and I've lost a lot of weight and, um. Nothing mattered me, to me more than just praying because I had no other alternative. There was absolutely no other alternative of what to do. Our people didn't have the money. And, uh, and I, I, I was not interested in any, 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 all I wanted people to do during that time was please join us in prayer. I, didn't, I wasn't interested in your contributions. I wasn't interested in your pity. I wasn't interested in, I was just really sincerely wanted people to pray. So we got a hold of people, God's people, asking people all over the world to pray. And God's people prayed. Four and a half months later and, and, and six months later, back up to Saturday, I, I received the news after re- walking around the property, and they said that they're going to get one on my, on my first lap, I say and I was beginning to pray again going, I plan on going through the evening and, um, and, and I received the text and, I, and I, I gave up. I was in despair, I gave up. After all those months of praying, I said it's now, it, it's going, it, god got something else and I went home and I was defeated. I sat there in my living room, my wife had brought kindness that night so I never told her anything but she was sitting on the couch and I was sitting in my chair and I just stared straight ahead for the next two hours. I, I was so, I, I didn't want to say a word to her, I didn't want to know anything, but I finally told her Sunday night what, I told her on Sunday night what it was, and um, that, the, that the realtor had decided to get a, um, uh, a realtor, I mean, that the land, landlord decided to get a realtor, and uh, we both understood, but Monday morning, and uh, Sunday, I had not told the people yet, but some, Monday morning, I, I go to my phone, and I call my friend Frank, who's on that picture up there, and he's been a matter of prayer with me, and I've known him for 45 years. It's an interesting thing, what God does. When I had, he, he and I have known, I've known him back when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, going to the Bill Rice Ranch. He's already been working with the deaf, and uh, I thought he was the Ace Hardware Manager. That's literally what I thought he was and uh, for all these years, I thought he worked at Ace Hardware as the manager, and uh, I didn't know he owned the business, (laughs) and so, uh, so uh, he and I team up again, we meet again in uh, Kathy Rice's funeral, I meet, I meet him again, I go to his, uh, he invites me to his house, and of course he lives in Wisconsin, so I'm uh, I make my way up there. My wife and I make our way up there one day. And we're sitting in his living room. He looks at me. He says, does your, what is the, number? I didn't, again, I did. he's a very simple man. And uh, he, he, he doesn't have anything fancy. If you go to his, if you go to his house for lunch, he's going to give you a hot dog. He's going to give you a, I put it this way. He's going to give you a little wiener and he's going to put you a loaf of bread. <laughs> you put it together and put ketchup on it. That's going to be a lunch. And uh, so, uh, but we sat there. And we ate, and then, and then afterwards, and that before I went to bed, he said, he said, Scott, what is your ministry need? And I didn't know, and I, would, I, was, I was embarrassed to say anything, but he, he, he prodded out the fact that I, needed, I did need a vehicle at that time. I was coming up to 300,000 miles on my vehicle, and he looked at me, he said, and I said, Frank, it's something personal, but I don't want to, so you're asking for ministry. And I said, it was a, a vehicle, and he looked at me, and he said, ministry's not personal. You need, a, I mean, excuse me, a car is not, per, a car is not uh, personal. You need a car for the ministry. And so uh, he said, you tell people that we will put together, uh, uh, I will match what people contribute. And again, this is, goes way back five years ago. This is before all of these other things come about. And again, I don't know what Frank is worth. I don't know any much about him or I do. By now, I know he owns a, a, a business by name, a custom hardware business, up in uh, Wisconsin. But he said, "What do you need?" And I say "Vehicle." He said, "Let people know our um, master funds that you give, and God allowed and blessed, and and we was able to get another Honda Odyssey, a, a used Honda Odyssey, and uh, we used that for uh, and and uh, God blessed in a tremendous way. We started our church now, and uh, and then we get into the process of trying to start our business, I mean, to start the church, and, and, uh, and get the business going, of, of bringing people in, and, and God opens the door. Let me flip it back up. When I went to Columbus, Ohio, we were planning on starting the church on the west side of Columbus. That's where all the working class deaf lived. Now, they really lived north of, north of Columbus, and so... Unbeknown to me, I was going to start the church over here, but God, when I got to Columbus, I saw how high the taxes were, and I didn't want to pay all those taxes, so I ended up on the east side, and uh, we found a place in a rural area, and unbeknown to me, I didn't realize New Albany, I didn't know much about New Albany back then, and New Albany is the most prominent town in that area, and one of the world's richest men lives within a half mile from our church, and they've got all the headquarters. The middle, the middle-sized headquarters are literally within a mile radius of our church. And the high school, the elementary, and the junior high is directly across the street. Um, and so, and the, so, the property values. I said last night, one acre, one acre within within 300 yards or so was so sold for $800,000 for one acre, nothing on it. And uh, and so now, now our acreage is different. But, but it's not the near that property value. However, time, time. Now we have the Google, Amazon, Facebook. It's all with the next exit. Four miles away, just recently, uh, there's a contact sign that the uh, microchip factory is moving in. And they now, and I'm up in the rural area, and I went up there because of taxes, didn't want to pay taxes, and then now the microchip is going to be less than one mile from my house. And so, unbeknown to me, God's taking care of everything. And uh, so, now here's, let me just say this. And within the year, first year of buying that, purchasing that property, on my, I keep jumping around here. My wife's not here to keep me straight. But on Saturday, we received the news Anchor. On Monday morning, I'm on the phone with Frank. And Frank says, let me take over the negotiations. And then when he takes over negotiations, and then we get the property down, property down to 1.35. He looks at me, now let's go buy a church building. We <laughs> like, let's go buy a church building. And so, uh, and so we, buy the pur- we purchased the church building, and then within the first 14 months of that property being purchased, we were able to put down uh, $501,000 within that uh, 14 months. And now today, uh, I received the news this morning, not from this church plant, but there's a, a pastor in Florida that, that um, emailed or uh, uh, texted me this morning. He said, I want you to know we put $2,500 into your account to be able to put down on your building. So our goal within this year is to get to, Lord willing, 90,000 more thousand 90, dollars, 90 people, $1,000 apiece. We can be able to get to the halfway goal of marking off the property debt. The most incredible, it's a debt church of all things. Yeah. You know, and of all the, you know, we don't have businessmen in there. We don't have, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing, you saw the building, nothing special about the place, but the work of God is getting done. Well, um, uh, Jim Bossie shows up on our anniversary date, and uh, he had donated $60,000 for the renovations of the building. And so we took that $60,000, let me begin a journey with you, if you would, we took the journey of $60,000, and now we take, and then I began to look at the roof using that $60,000, and then I looked for bids, now this is before the pandemic, the price is really, the, the price for me to call someone to come in and fix that roof with replacing all the shingles, taking it all off, we found that there was H-clamps, I don't want to bore you with details, but we were literally going to have to take more than 150, 100, 200 plywood off of that roof. But long, I don't have time to detail you, bore you with them, but... But, we took, but the price could have been easily $75,000. God brought a group of people from North Carolina to put the roof on. They had a fantastic job. God brought someone knocked on our door. And I only met the man one time. And he knocked on my door. Had no clue how, where he knew where I lived. And, God, and he handed hand me a check for $10,000. He said, this is to buy the, mater- the roofing material. And then we start the building process. I've got the $60,000. I'm planning on putting it on the roof. But then we got $60,000. We're stretching the dollar. Here's what we're doing. And so we got to $10,000 and then we start the roof we, we had to replace 85 of those plywoods before the pandemic $13 per sheet now it's $45 to $48 dollars, depending on when I go pick it up it, it fluctuates that fast and so um, and so 45 to 45 85 sheets of the man same man comes along and says let me know the price and we'll pay the rest he walks in my door writes a personal check for uh, 45 48 hundred dollars to pay the rest of the plywood but then we get into another situation where we um, I walk into a church. I walk into, uh, we've we, we now signed a contract. I met, this is a blessing to me, because I met a man on a the, on the, uh, on the, on the rest stop. My wife and my family was on deputation. We walked on a rest stop, and we went to the restroom on our last leg to go home and he was coming from South Carolina. He stopped in Tennessee to go to the restroom, and he was coming from South Carolina. And on the way to Ohio, I was on my last leg. I went into the restroom. He went into the restroom. My, my wife and family came out. They had skirts on. They had skirts on. They made them curious. They began to ask questions. And then uh, they began to ask questions. The, 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 man, uh, the, the family man came out. His first reaction was, they're beggars. They want something. I'm still in the restroom, come out, and I find out. We, then they say, this is Trisha. my name is Trisha Crabtree. My wife's telling the family that my name is Trisha Crabtree. What's yours? And the mother recognizes the name. Are you the one who wrote The Bury My Heart on the Mission Field? And I said, yes, honey, that's your favorite song. And then that's your favorite song. She, she's the one who wrote it. And so God connected us. God connected us on a place where he thought I was a street beggar. I, I don't think I look like one. I didn't. Sorry. So, um, so, but here, about that part, he, he was, he was, he was in transition of a new church. His mom and dad were, his mom, and his mother and father-in-law were uh, missionaries to Japan, and uh, so, so we connect. One month later, he calls me up. Says, "Come to our mission conference, please." Well, now. And then he comes, he, come, he brings his assistant, staff assistant, we get the building, we're only moving into it, we're renting the place, and it's smelly, old mildew, it's, it's falling apart. We were known at the wavy church in town because of the roof, and we had leak spots all over the building. We had uh, brass chandeliers sticking from the, from the ceiling, and every brass chandelier had three little candlelights on it. If you know anything about the depth, if they can't see, they can't hear so, therefore, we've got to take all, all those chandeliers off. I go up to Maryland, and I'm sitting here, he's a pastor, a John, a brother, Pastor Connor. Um, they call him, uh, well, anyway. Uh, but I'm sitting there, and he wants me to come. And I sit there. After we got down on the evening service, I sit down in the chair, and he looks at me. He says, uh, come back up here. Tell the church what you need. What's the name of the need you have? And I said, well, we need some chandeliers to replace the candlelight. Candlelight, there three of them. Well, obviously, I'm not going to get into my sermon tonight. I'll stay with this, okay? But, but, um, but, he, but then we get to the candlelights, and I change those. We renovated all of those. We change all of those, brighten the place up. Well, that pastor who I met on the street, who I met on the, uh, uh, at the rest stop, he came and painted the whole auditorium for me. And he and his sister came in and then he I, I literally sat there and we opened up. We had not opened the building yet. We had not started our first service. I looked at a lady in the come to our church and I said on a Saturday night, I said, between her and I, my wife was in the family, the people were running around the church, and we were just, me and my wife was in the office and she and I looked across, I said, We we had less than one thousand dollars in our savings. And I said, man, we need ten thousand dollars. And this is no, and but God, I have not said anything the outside. That's the first time I made mention of that. And then then Sunday comes about, Monday morning, pastor that I met at the rest stop calls me up. He says, he says, uh, he says, Scott, are you sitting down? I said, I am. I said, he says, I want you to know our church last night took an offering for you for $10,000. And then, and then uh, we get that, now they call it the terrorist act and all that stuff. They split up the 5,000 and 5,000 and it's a long story. And so, and then, uh, then I look at our statement a month later, I see a $10,000, I'm a little confused. So I call the pastor up and I say, pastor, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting a message here that I've got $10,000 in our account. He said, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you about that. One of our church members wanted to give you $10,000. I met him at a rest stop, we're beggars. Isn't it, isn't it amazing what God can do? That financial man who loaned the money to the church, I met him for the first time again after 30 plus years. I went to Kathy Ross's funeral and she's there. And then there's another man by the name of John Collier, who's over a foundation, uh, he's a pastor, but he's over a foundation, of, uh, he's over a foundation called Tom Raper Foundation, and, he, um, and he's the vice president of it, and uh, he's there at that funeral too, and I'm shaking his hand, we greet each other, and we reconnect with him, and I'm reconnecting with Frank, and, and uh, lo and behold, the, the vice president of the foundation gave us 100000 last year. So I'm telling you, it's just the most amazing, incredible journey that I've ever experienced, that I've ever seen. And I'm just beginning to scratch, I'm not even, I'm not even scratching the surface of what God's been doing. Yes. And yet, and yet, you know, we, and, then, and then I'm on the, I, I, I walk out to the mailbox. Now we signed for the building. We signed for the building. I don't know where the money comes. We've had money come from the Philippines. We've had money come from China. We've had money come from the Chinese church. $1,000 here, $1,000 there. And all the collectively, listen, that is a humongous amount of money. I've never seen it. Never. I couldn't have fathomed them. When they wrote that $100,000 check from the foundation, I said, would you mind if I take a picture with it? <laughs> you know, I wanted to take a picture with it. And so, and so... Uh, and so, but you know, it's incredible. I get, I get, I walk out to the mailbox one day, I open it up, and, um, and when I open it up, the, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a check from a lady in Tennessee, i never met before, I still to this day and never met her, but she saw our ministry on YouTube, she heard my preaching, and she said, you're doctrinally correct, I like what I heard, and she wrote a $10,000 check to help, she didn't know, I don't know, she realized we had a building to pay for over and over and over again, God continues to take care of us. Now, and then we have, we have the roof taken care of, and then we have, and then I walk into that pastor that I met, who thought we were a beggar. I, just, I said pastor, we just bought the building. For some reason I had to go to his town. It's about an hour and a half away. I don't remember why. But I pulled up the parking lot, said, hello Pastor, Day, pastor Thomas, and hello Pastor Thomas, how you doing? I said, I'll let you know, we just got the building. Now the first move we're going to make is try to buy the, we need to get air conditioners and heaters. And I, unbeknown to me, unbeknown to me, he looks at me. He looks at me and says, that's what he does. <laughs> I don't know what he means. He's not telling me anything. So he goes. And so, lo and behold, he has a man in his church. It's about, it's about Brother Hardy's age. How old are you? Well, he's more like 30. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> He's about maybe 35, sorry. So but he's but he he, he behaves himself like you, man. <laughs> I, from a deaf man's perspective, I love watching him. <laughs> he got some he got some spicterism in it. I felt like he got something in it. He got an ant in his leg. He got a shaker. <laughs> okay. But I love watching him. Well, anyway, so what was I saying? Sorry, but I got really interrupted. Also, I walked into the parking lot and I said, Pastor, uh, and he looked at me and said, Well, unbeknown to me, that church me- that, that, that there's a church member in this church that is very unassuming. He's not out to get anybody's attention. I've been in that church before. I've never met the man. He puts out 300 air conditioners every day in two warehouses, one in Dayton and one in Atlanta. And he gives our church five air conditioners and two heaters, $75,000 worth of heat and air is donated to the church. debt free, we just have to pay for the labor, which is plenty. That's part of the $60,000 we put toward that. Then I, then, then a church in Buffalo, New York, comes on. They have a, a window business, and they come in and they change, they replace 25 new windows into our church building. And uh, that, summer, that summer, we did, last summer we did, not this past summer, but the summer before, eight projects that we've replaced just updating the building, renovating changing the changing things now that we own it. Prior to the pandemic, prior to signing it, we were using our phone for the, like everybody else, the empty church. The problem with the, with the iPhone during the pandemic is the deaf can't see her eyebrows. If you can't see her eyebrows, who, what, when, where, how, it's there. So you gotta know. Don't shave your eyebrows. You gotta go work with the deaf. You work with the deaf. You have no. Eye. We don't know which one you want. who. Who, what, when, where, why, how. Sorry, I'm talking too fast. <laughs> and some of you don't understand that. But who, what, when, where, how. It's in the eyebrows. Okay. Now nah, I don't have time to educate you. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a thing the deaf people say about hearing people. Those dumb hearing people. Course, you guys like to say that about us. We know. <laughs> well, but over and, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, when we signed for the building, there was a man that comes and says, "I will help your ministry and pay and help you with the with the building." That to this day, technically speaking, we only have to pay one thousand dollars a month on that building. But a man but this man who's, uh, he said to me two weeks ago he said Scott don't worry it's just paper and uh, but we have a man come along and said I am going to help pay I'm going to give you five thousand dollars per month to help you pay on the debt now that has come to a cease as of a couple of weeks ago because of the business. Uh, this man that we know that, uh, that we met he sold dolls, believe it or not, dogs for seventy-five hundred dollars a piece. So I don't have time, but they people buy them, people buy them, and uh, but anyway, so they but. This man comes along and said, God is just bringing people, people that we never knew. I get a phone call today from Frank, a text from Frank, and said, hey, I met someone who lives in your town who's a businessman. He brings business people men together, and they, it's, a, it's a thing they try to, it's a model of their organization. Whom much is given, much is required. And so he says, Scott, I'm putting him in connection with you and your ministry. He knows where your church building is because we're right there by the main road. And he lives in New Albany, where I'm from. And he meets him in Wisconsin. And uh, so he connects with him. I'm just telling you, over and over again, I'm not really into the message. I'm not, I'm not moving to the message tonight. But, I, 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 you know, now we're almost at, if Lord willing, at 90 more thousand dollars more, we'll be at halfway point. Within the first two years now I want to say this: I told Jason Goddard this when I saw for the first time what church planning conference meant. I walked up to him and you know I, uh, he, my wife went to uh, Pacific coast and uh, and I was uh, and, and my my wife's a second generation church planner and now she's with me, and so she, she her daddy started a church in idaho and um, and so but I look at Brother Gaddis and I said, Brother Gaddis, you have given I I I feel this it's a possibility for us to start a deaf church. I have a building, I mean. You know, you don't understand what, what you're doing here when you have a church plant up here in the Northwest. And the challenges and the spiritual warfare that is going on when a pastor is seems to be all alone in a small country. Uh, a small, a small town, yeah. and a group of people here who love the Lord enough to say, "Let's help this place." Yeah. And so, I want to challenge you, if I could, and, and uh, you know, let me just, let me just, um, let me, let me just, let me just, real quick, show you a verse um, in, in in Exodus chapter, chapter number thirteen. Then I won't close. I, I, I'm not even scratching the surface. I'm sure there's more that I'm missing out. Uh, I showed some people the list of things that would have been accomplished this year. By the way, uh, this year, remember, we're still trying to spend the sixty thousand dollars. We've literally taken that sixty thousand dollars. We spread it out to about two hundred fifty thousand. All because of what God has done. Now, I'm not saying we have got two hundred fifty thousand. I'm simply saying, like for example. Um, I found a place that has to sell five and a half inch baseboards. Well, we had the old 1960s baseboards. We had the old 1960s uh, wooden brown floppy doors, you know, and and so we need to update the building. And so I went and replaced all the the brown baseboards around the church because I found baseboard wood, pine baseboards, five and a half inches uh, uh, for for the entire church and 15 paneling glass doors uh, for $1,035. Wow. You know, and God has, there's something we got, everything, I, everything we, we buy, we try to buy it at this, what I mean by that is I first pray. I pray. Yeah. And then the word to the wise is if you need something in your ministry, share it with people. My thing is not to get it free, because a businessman is a businessman who has, to, if he gets everything free, then it's going it's to hurt his business, then he can't continue with his business. That's not the intent. But sometimes I found this out, but if they, if, but I, my hope is that we find somebody who knows somebody that can get it at a better rate. Yeah. Okay, let me just say this, we need it, we, our, our front door of our church, it looks fine because it's covered up by paint. But five times that door's been repaired, and I said, we've got to replace this door. And we started to have a, there's there, there a group that was using our back fellowship hall to teach Bible training, teach Bible, uh, Bible stories. Uh, with children across the public school, they bring them over into our church building and using them across the street. And there were some security issues about these children using our building, and the door wasn't secure. So I said we really got to replace these glass doors with something more secure, because the, do- the doors are almost 45, 50 years old. And so, um, so I began to pray, and we said we're going to try to use some of that $60,000 toward it. But then the, the, the going for three glass doors was $39,000. But I found, an or, then I called somebody who knows somebody, they found a price for 19000 I found a little, little church foundation in Texas who, who donated $15,000 toward it. Then I called, we need three metal doors. I was three metal, four metal doors, four metal doors. We need four metal doors. That's a total of $9,000. I called up the Amish country. with a Christian organization. I found that they were a Christian organization. They like to help. I read about them. So I called them up and I said, is there a possibility of your ministry helping our ministry? And they said, send us what you need and we'll consider it. Frank called for me first and he sent a video to him, And the man came back and said, wow. And then he said, and then he donated all those doors for us. Great. If the city would permit that we put Borden Batten around the building, our plan next is to, get, is to update the outside. We, Unfortunately, we can't afford the Borden Batten. Uh, Borden Batten is what's in, in that city. The, 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 the inside has now had a new platform because the opening day we had 148, I'm sorry, the fourth anniversary we had 148 people and, 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 and a, third of those, a third of those deaf could not see the platform. So we had to raise it. And God's given us a beautiful platform. And uh, so we replaced 21 new doors. The brown doors became white doors. We replaced glass doors. We replaced metal doors. All with the $60,000 stretched out to two hundred fifty. dollars Because amazing. let me just give you this first and I'll close. Exodus chapter 13. And verse number 18. But God led the people. I want you to know that phrase, very important. But God led the people. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up. I want you to know the word harnessed. They went up, harnessed, out of the land of Egypt. In my Bible, I have that word harnessed circled. Under the control of God. And I'm asking you if you would allow this church, this group of wonderful people. I was jokingly last night when four of you, three or four of you called me and texted me and reminded me of this conference. And, 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 and you, a couple of years ago, a year ago, or so you asked me, hey, you should have came. Well, I didn't know anything about it. But you know, even though we've lost a $5,000 donor, my job is, It's not to be in despair of that. I'm going to be honest with you. For a little bit, I was. But I had to get out of that. I had to come out of that. And I I, I grabbed my spoon. Yes, I grabbed my teaspoon. And I just keep chiseling away that mountain. You see, ask, seek, and knock. I have a part to ask. But I have a part to do. And so and, and that in other words, keep pressing on. If I have to use that teaspoon to chisel away that mountain, then so be it. Because then I'm hoping and praying that God can bring an Earth mover and just move it. Yes. And so pray with me because on November the 20th, the Tom Raper Foundation is coming to our church, the vice president, and he told me when this all started, he says, "Scott, I want you to come and ask, I want you to come and ask our foundation for $100,000 for the first five years. Now, I don't know if that's gonna actually happen this year because what happens, he said, it all depends on the stock market. And so he said that last year, he said that to me a couple months ago when I saw him. But he said, just come and ask, you know, whether they give us 20,000, 25,000, I'm thankful for it. May God and brother Frank said, Scott, I challenge you to raise it Zero interest. Now, Frank sent me $10,000 last summer. Stop worrying. I wasn't worrying at that time. I am now, but I wasn't then. (laughs) And so right before Christmas, we were $27,000 short of our goal. He sent us a $40,000 check, and I said, Frank, this is wrong. I'm going to be paying you. And he just laughed about it and went on. But, you know, isn't it possible that God can do it for a mentally-retarded deaf man? And for the people of Life Deaf Baptist Church who do not have the resources, but they have the man who gives the resources. Yes. And I'm telling you, people are getting saved and lives are getting changed. And I remember Berdina, as I told last night a Catholic girl, a Catholic mother who 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 received Christ after 10 months coming to church, I prayed and I I, I brought a message, what is a biblical saint? And uh, so I share that. as she raised her hand. She received Christ. And uh, now that we've got, she's growing in the Lord. She's getting enthusiastic. She's on fire. And then, and then we lose this building. They get despair. Some of the people get despair. She looks at me. Is it really true that God can hear prayer? So that became my theme, if you would, when I went out walked out on the property. I began to pray. And I said, Lord, can you show Berdina that you really do hear prayer? May God help us all.